Howdy, hey, hello, it's McKenna, and welcome to Munch and Mingle, but also welcome to Monday, day two of our Passion Week devotional. Oh boy, I hope yesterday was good. I hope you're feeling excited because I am. This is just starting to make everything come alive, not only in the scriptures, but also in Christ, which I'm very grateful for. But as we start off today, we are going to be following Jesus as he heads to the temple. But before we get there, we are going to be starting off with a cursed fig tree. And once again, we are reading from Heidi Anderson, this Mother Hen's Passion Week devotional. I'll have it linked down below if you would like to follow along. We're going to start off in Matthew 21, verse 19. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever, and presently the fig tree withered away. The next verse goes to say how when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Basically, they were shocked, as I'm sure I would be too if you just saw by the snap of your fingers, I'm assuming, this tree wither in front of you and just die. <laughs> and at first you're like, why Why did we have to like kill the fig tree? Heidi talks about the symbolism and the significance of a fig tree in this case. She said a fig tree symbolically represented Israel throughout scripture. More so, a fruitful fig tree pointed to blessing, peace, and prosperity for Israel. A withered and dead fig tree represented the opposite. So of course, Jesus was teaching a principle with our logical eyes, we would just think, okay, well, why'd you have to go do that? But again, he's trying to teach the deeper meaning. I've now learned fig trees, when they grow, their fruit, actually, the figs grow first. And then it's covered by, you know, all the the leafy foliage. What looked like, oh, this is a tree bearing fruit. You go beneath the surface, behind all the leaves, there was no fruit. Likening that to ourselves, I was reminded of a conversation that I had with someone. The question I asked was, who are we outside our church buildings? Because how many times are we building off our testimonies of the bricks of the church building? And what I mean is, are you building your testimony off of people's opinions, people's views, the culture of a church body? And I'm not saying like, don't go to church because no, 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 no. I'm saying the church is there for us to gather and to follow his teachings. That that's what's there, but I think too many times we almost miss the mark and we're just we're going and doing those things of the people. When we have to remember we are the church of Jesus Christ. We follow Christ and his teachings. We build our testimony off the rock of our redeemer. When Christ comes to you, when he goes beneath the surface, what is he going to find? Is he going to find the fruits of the spirit? Or are you going to be barren just like this fig tree? Don't you worry, y'all. I was sitting there and I was like, okay, what are those fruits of the spirit again? Seminary, come on. Sure enough, Galatians 5 verses 22 through 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. These are the fruits of the Spirit that Christ is trying to tell his disciples, this is what you need to have. And another scripture that was brought up 
that Heidi talks about is in John 15, verse 16, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. We can ask to have these things. It is then us though who have to grow it and cultivate it. Now we are headed to the temple and oh boy, most of us know this story. So we're going to Mark 11 verses 15 through 19. And they came to Jerusalem and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves, and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? But ye have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard it, and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. Oh, okay, so Jesus is flipping tables. I can too, right? One, Jesus chose this moment for a reason, and we just, we need to learn specifically why. But two, he is not angry on behalf of himself, but it's over the mistreatment of others. And that totally changed my view because, yeah, looking at the story before, I just thought he was angry because of his house. But now looking it back, it was how people were being treated in his house. When we are angry with someone or some people, are we following in Christ's footsteps, rising up in behalf of others, seeking restoration for others, or are we speaking, acting out in anger, defending ourselves and refusing restoration until they've paid a consequence? One is Christ-like, one is not. This one hit home because a couple of weeks ago, I did a study on the word evil. (laughs) If only you guys could see some of my scripture studies. I had been given some counsel to make sure that all the things I was doing or were doing in my life, make sure I refrain from all evil. And I always was curious as to why I got in that piece of counsel, the word evil. In my head, I'm like, I'm not wicked. I don't gravitate towards evil things. (laughs) So why would I be counseled in that? And it always bothered me. Like this has been years ago that I got that. And so all of a sudden it came back up into my head, maybe me. I'm like, let's go do a study on the word evil doesn't mean something else than just what I'm thinking off the top of my head. Sure enough, if you look up the word evil in the dictionary, you've got a lot of different definitions of the word. And one of them was quick to anger. And I had never known that before that that could be considered evil. And that's when it was like, oh my gosh, that's me. <laughs> I I don't want to say it's always been me, but I think over time, just due to certain experiences, I have now grown so quick to anger at certain things. Even if I think I have all the facts right, I think it's just so much easier, especially in the world we live in now, just to quickly jump to defensiveness and to be angry. And that really struck me, being quick to anger. And look at the world we're in today. I feel like that's a top thing we see from everyone. Doesn't matter on what the subject is, we are all so quick to anger. We are not cultivating any of those fruits of the spirit we talked about. And so, of course, when we read the story, I didn't think Jesus was in the wrong because it made sense. But now even further deeper, it wasn't even on behalf of himself. It was because the mistreatment that was happening of others. Looking in just a little bit deeper, what was happening in the temple. Heidi talks about in the temple, you would bring sacrificial lambs. But if you didn't have the money to produce a lamb, you could buy turtle doves. Back in Leviticus chapter 5, verse 7, it said, But if you cannot afford a lamb, you may bring to the Lord two turtle doves 
or young pigeons as the penalty for your sin. One of the birds will be for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. So when the poor came, they found dove dealers. We can liken this in our own lives to, have you ever been to a concert? Have you ever been to a sporting event? And how much do you have to pay to get a water bottle or food? You can't bring anything in, heaven forbid. They're going to charge you an arm and a leg, basically, to have something that we could deem like, okay, I'm going to be sitting here for four hours. Of course, I'm probably going to want to eat something. They're going to charge it even at a higher overhead. That's essentially what was happening in the temple. You would have these people who would travel from far away to come to the temple to only get there and then realize, I don't have lamb, so I need to purchase one of these turtle doves. What might have been around four pence was it being charged about, let's say, 75 pence. And that is why Christ was mad because they were totally overcharging or taking hold of basically the blessings that he was giving to us and taking it into their own hands. He was stopping this because this is not what was supposed to be happening. Now, Christ then leaves the temple. Heidi made a point to look back again on this in this devotional. It's as if we are walking with Christ. If we were to look back at those people who were in line to buy the doves, all of them were just in shock, but they flooded over to Christ and they followed him. What they didn't know then was this was going to be the ultimate sacrifice for their sins. There was going to be no price point, no hindrance, no obstacle, not even their own sin that they were going to have to pay for anymore because he was going to do that. And it just exploded in my mind the thought of what hindrances am I putting up in front of God, in front of Christ's atonement. I can very well picture Christ flipping those tables in my in my way, flipping those hindrances. He didn't put them there. So why do I keep putting them back up? Why do we keep putting back up our own obstacles and hindrances from the Son of God who has paid the price for them? Why are we stopping that blessing? Don't do it. And this is very much a need call for me because I I still do it. This was a lot today, you guys. And like you know, I'm just pulling out things from her devotional. Again, you can go and get it yourself and go more in depth because she she takes you a lot more in depth. I just want to really touch on the things that were hitting me. All right. Tomorrow is another day and we are well on our way to Easter. But I hope you have a great rest of the day today. I hope there was something said that could help you today and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye.